minutes, and then I'd like to talk a little bit about what is it that we can be doing right here where we're at. And so let me tell you a little bit about uh, the ministry God's given us in Myanmar, which looks almost nothing like what we would have ever expected when we moved there uh, five years ago. Uh, we live in Myanmar, and we live in a city called Yangon. Uh, it's a city of about uh, roughly 7 million people, but imagining taking the city of Chicago and um, compacting it down to about one-tenth the space, and then you have a little bit better picture of what Yangon is like. Um, it's a great city. We love it, but I grew up in the country, so it's been quite an adjustment for us and our family moving to a city. Not only is it urban, uh, different language, different culture, and um, but God is doing incredible things there. Uh, you may have heard about Myanmar some on the news. Some, a lot of changes are happening right now. Uh, so we're excited to be there at this time. The ministry that God has given us, um, surprising to me, has been to use business as a way uh, to grow his kingdom in Myanmar. Uh, moving there, we never expected that. But we've seen that business is uh, a huge need in the country. First, because it helps alleviate poverty. A lot of poverty in the country of Myanmar. A lot of people are without jobs, especially people within the church. And so we quickly realized that if we wanted to make a difference in a place like Myanmar, we needed to help with creating jobs. So in 2012, 2013, we started a school called Opportunities Now. You'll get to see a video a little bit later during offering that talks a little bit more about the school and some of the people who come over to help us with our programs. Uh, but it's basically a school that helps people to start businesses. We help people create business ideas, um, and then we help give them loans of money to actually get their business off the ground, and then we mentor them for one to two years while their business gets started. But more than business, it's also about making a kingdom impact. We help people to be intentional about using their business to reach out to their neighbors, to reach out to their community, uh, and to use their business to build relationships and to grow God's kingdom through sharing their faith, through living out their faith in their daily life. And I'm going to tell a couple stories a little bit later at the end of the sermon about a couple of those students that we've had. Um, since 2013, we've helped about 130 people um, either start or scale their business, and we have a team there that we work with, and we're just we're so excited to see what God is doing. The country has been going through so many changes. Um, I think that last year it was uh, ranked the fastest growing economy in the world. Um, it's been going through all kinds of political changes. It looks so very different than when we moved there five years ago, and God is doing some incredible things there. So we're excited to be there, and we know we couldn't be there without the support of this church. I remember, uh, I think it was 2011, when my wife and I were getting ready to go, and I don't know if we've told the story or not before, but we were kind of at about 60-70% of our support had been raised, and we were kind of, we'd hit a wall, and we weren't sure what was going to happen, how we were going to get that final push, and I remember there was a, a check that came in from the church here, and we were, you know, really, really happy about it, and we were excited, and we called up to say thank you, and we said, well, we're re we really appreciate the church and their, you know, their willingness to give us this one-time gift, helping us get over there, and then we found out, no, no, that's not a one-time gift, this is a, a monthly gift, the church really wants to get behind you, and we were just, we were floored. I'm so thankful that really gave us the final push we needed um, to get able to actually get on board the airplane and go to Myanmar. And so this church was a huge part of that journey for us. And so we're so thankful uh, to get to be here with you guys again. Um, and so what we do in Myanmar is an extension of what this church is doing. And so we're glad to get to share it with you. After uh, church today, we're also going to have, uh, there's going to be a potluck where we're going to get to uh, do some questions and answer. That's my favorite thing. I'd love to, for you to be thinking of questions you'd like to ask about the work that we do um, in Myanmar. But what I'd like to do right now is transition a little bit to, okay, so we've talked about what's going on in Myanmar. What is it that God is wanting us to do right here? And so I'd like to talk about this big idea, the idea of what is God's mission in the world? And 
Uh, I get this title from uh, a writer. His name is Christopher Wright. Um, I have a lot of respect for him. Just read his book. If you've never had a chance to read the book, Mission of God, it's thick. It takes a long time. It took me five years to read it, but it was well worth it. Uh, so I'd recommend the book. Uh, I want to start by just talking about the idea of the universe. Um, something we probably don't think about every day. Uh, but the other day I was watching a, uh, a show on, um, I think it might have been PBS, I don't remember, but it was talking about um, how, how big our world is for the first place and, you know, how, how many, if you think about how many atoms go in every water drop and then you think about how many atoms there are that make up, um, whether it be our bodies, this room, and then you think about the, the country and then you move out to the world level and then you think about there's all these planets that revolve around our sun and then our, our solar system is just one of many in the, in the galaxy and there are many and multiple and billions of galaxies and the universe is just so immense and it, it can be hard to wrap your mind around. And I began to ask myself, you know, what, what is God doing with all this? What is God's big picture uh, for what he wants to do? And I think that some people look at the universe, they think about the way things have been crafted, uh, just the, what God is doing, and, and they, you kind of come out with two groups of people. And I like to call these groups of people, you have people who have cat theology and you have people who have dog theology. Maybe you've heard this before. I'm not sure. Let me start with dog theology. Um, for those of you who like dogs, you'll understand what I'm talking about here. Dogs look and they see their master and they say, he provides for me. He takes care of me. He gives me a, a, a place to sleep. He gives me food to eat. He takes care of my every need. My master must be God. That's how dogs think. Now, some of you maybe know cats as well. Now, cats look at the same situation, and they say, he takes care of me, he provides for me, he gives me food and a place to sleep. I must be God. So they look at the same situation, but they think differently. And I think that sometimes we do that same thing with God. We look at how the good in the world, we see all the good things God is doing um, with us, and we either come out one of two ways, either looking like, yes, the story is all about God, or we can turn it around and think the story is somehow all about me. But the truth is, what God is doing in the world is, is about Him. It's about His good plan. And so I'm going to do a very, very fast overview of the story of the Bible and what God has been doing throughout Scripture. And then I want to talk about what we do today because of it. Now, some people begin by saying, well, if we want to talk about mission, the first thing we should talk about would be Jesus sending out the disciples, uh, Matthew uh, 28. But I think that we need to um, look a little earlier than that, and I think we need to go all the way back to Genesis. When God created the world, he created it good, and he said it was very good. And yet we know the story. Adam and Eve sinned. Uh, they brought sin into the world, and we fell, um, we fell as, a, as a human race. And we know that even in that, God did not abandon them. He said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make a way. And so we see, we'll fast forward to uh, Genesis chapter 12. Uh, the verse will be here on, on the screen. It's the story of Abraham. And, and God comes to Abraham and he says the following. He says, Now the Lord God said to Ab Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So from very early on, God is using Abraham, and he's using his people, and he's saying, through you, I want to bless the world. I want to do something good in the world through you. And we know that Abraham's descendants, the Israelites, sometimes did that, but most of the time they were messing it up, a lot like us. 
God was using them, but yet oftentimes they were messing it up. So we can fast forward a little bit in the story of Abraham's descendants to the person named Moses. I think you guys, most of you know him. Uh, If you haven't, watch the movie The Ten Commandments. It'll give you a little bit of a picture. Um, So you have Moses, and he's with God. And God tells Moses in Exodus chapter 19, he says to him about the Israelite people that you shall be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. He wants their nation to be an example of what God wants to do, and he wants them to reach out to the nations around them to say, hey, this is an example of what I can do, and I want you um, to be my priests to the other nations. And we see again that the Israelites back away from that. Uh, why don't you be the priest, Moses, not us? And they, are, they pull away from what God wants them to do. Uh, we could fast forward uh, several of the times we see the story of the Israelites all throughout the Old Testament, and again and again, God is calling them to be his people, to represent him well, and they often mess it up. But then we fast forward all the way to Jesus, and we see uh, that in Jesus, Jesus comes and he does all the things that Israel, Israel could never do. He is the descendant of Abraham that finally does fully bless the nations. And he comes, and you know his story. He teaches, he lives as a great example, but he also dies in our place, and he resurrects from the dead. And he tells his disciples... He says in John 20, 21, Jesus said to them, Peace be with you as the Father has sent me, God was sending him, even so I am sending you. So again, he returns to the people and he says, okay, I was sent, but again, you should be going out and being sent as well. Or we can look at Acts 1, 8, where he sends out the disciples and uh, he says to them, and you shall be my uh, witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He was sending them out to the nations. And so here's where we find ourselves in the story. We are the ones that are being sent out. We are the witnesses. We are the ambassadors for God. Not just everywhere else in the world, but even here where we are right now. Now, this word ambassador, um, my wife and I, we have no official position with the U.S. government, but we find that oftentimes living in Myanmar, we are unofficial ambassadors for the United States uh, because people instantly meet us. Uh, often one of the first questions people will ask you is, what country are you from? What's your nationality? And w- when we say United States, oftentimes that brings a, a host of other questions. It could be everything from, so if you don't eat rice, what do you eat every day? Uh, or it could be um, questions about, um, so what are the roads like in your country? Or what kind of car do you drive? Um, uh, how big is your house? How many cars do you own? Um, what's your private jet like? You know, the things that they assume all Americans have, not really, but some of them some of them don't have an understanding of what America's like, and so they ask different questions. And we oftentimes have to speak into that situation and say, okay, well, this is this is what we, we think about this, is this is the way things are. And sometimes they'll even ask us questions about politics or other questions about maybe something the United States has done, and they want to know, okay, so what does the United States think about this? And in a sense, because we're American citizens, we're speaking on behalf of the United States when we answer their questions. And I think a lot of times that's also what we're doing as believers. If we represent the name of Jesus, when somebody talks with us, they see the lifestyle we have, they see the words that we say, and we are being an ambassador for God. I worked as a youth minister for about six years before our family moved to Myanmar. And I remember once hearing the sad story, um, there were some kids who were invited to the youth group. And one of the questions they asked is they said, oh, at your church does so-and-so go there, and they listed the name of another student in our school. 
And their friend said, well, yeah, they go there. And the, the student kind of took a step back and said, oh, well, if that's what a follower of Jesus looks like, I want nothing to do with your church. So we're ambassadors whether or not we want to be. We're ambassadors for good or we can be ambassadors against what God is trying to do in the world. But again, I think we need to go back to this idea that it's God's big story, not the big story of what we are doing, but the big story of what God is doing. And every single one of us, whether we are working for a church or whether we have a day job or whether, whatever it is that we do, we all have a part in God's big mission for the world. Christopher Wright, the one I told you about earlier, uh, said that the mission of God is too important for it to be left to only missionaries. And I think he's right. We all have a part to play in what God's doing. So I'm going to summarize a story that's found in Matthew 25. It's a story that I think you'll be reading this week's in your small groups. It's a story where Jesus talks about three people that are each given a sum of money by a ruler. And he gives them the money. To one, he gives five units. To one, he gives two units. To one, he gives one. And he leaves on a journey. And then he comes back and he comes to them and says, okay, what, what happened while I was gone? And the one with five says, I took your five, I invested it, I used it, and I made ten. Uh, all right, it's now ten. And then he comes to the one who said, had two, he does, says, says the same thing. I took it, I invested it, I used it, and now it's grown to four. And then he goes to the one who had one, and he says, what about you? And the person said, I, I was afraid. I knew you were a hard and cruel man, so I, I took the money and I buried it away. And the master becomes quite angry in the story and says, well, why didn't you at least invest it in a bank or something to just bury it? You, you completely wasted this, this uh, talent, is what the, the unit of money was called. You wasted this talent. And the story is a story for us as well, because the reality is that God has given each one of us something. We all have been given something by God, whether it be uh, money that we own, whether it be the talents, the abilities that we've been given. It could be the experiences of, of our life the relationships in our life, all of it has been given as a gift from God. The question is not whether, is, is how are we going to use it? Not do I have anything to use, but the question is how will I use it? And I think the temptation of so many of us is that we read stories or we hear stories of, of great people of faith who do these amazing things and maybe they uh, move somewhere to another country and thousands of people come to follow Jesus or you hear about people who sacrificed everything they had and were burned at the stake or whatever these stories are of, of great people of faith. And their stories are amazing, but we forget about the smaller gift that maybe God has given us. And we can sometimes look at their gift and think, oh, well, they have five, I only have one. And we take and we bury the, the very gift that God has given us. But the truth is, when God works in the world, he doesn't work through just the people who he gives bigger amounts to. He works through all people. And that's truly how his kingdom comes and his will is done on our, on our earth. Uh, one of the things we teach at our school is about, basically we call them people group movements, but it's where people uh, in different countries, where large portions of the country have decided to follow Jesus and it completely transforms the culture, it changes uh, the, the country, and this has happened all throughout history uh, in different places in the world. And when you look at these, and people have begun to really study these movements, every single time that this has happened, without exception, it's been because people recognize that all of us have a part in God's kingdom. It wasn't just, oh, the preachers were the only ones who were involved, or it was the missionaries who were the only ones involved. 
No, it was about every believer saying, I have a part to play in what God is doing in the world. And that's part of why we do what we do through our school. We, we work with people who are ordinary Christians, but who want to see God use their business, use their family, um, and use uh, the work that they're doing to bring glory to Him. And so I want to share two stories of, of two people at our school. Um, both of these people um, might be the kind of people who didn't have tons of resources. These are very poor people uh, who don't have much money, um, don't have a lot of influence, and yet God is still using them to make a difference. The first is a guy by the name of Hamuel Jaw. See if his picture can pop up here. Okay, this is him in the back left corner here. Um, that's my son, Will, over there. We went to visit him in his new business. He's a, he's a restaurant owner. Um, he's a guy who loves Jesus. He wants to follow him with all his life. Um, doesn't have much money, lives in a poor part of town, but he owns a small restaurant. Started it probably with a few hundred bucks that he got from a friend and basically serves noodles, rice, other meals, has a small refrigerator. He came to us and said, listen, I, I'm, I'm able to reach out to my community, uh, but what I'd really like to do is be able to get a little bit more investment to grow my business, increase the seating space, and to be able to have more money that I can reinvest in my local church to have more of an influence in my community. So he came with a business plan. We worked with him. We developed a business plan. We talked about his uh, kingdom impact in his community. He got the loan, and he grew his business. And through that, he's been able to actually help with a church plant, a church that's wanting to plant uh, a church in a part of the country that has very few Christians. Um, he is actively reaching out to his community. When we were there, there were several people in his community, most of them non-believers, who were coming through, sitting down at his restaurant to eat meals. Uh, he had an opportunity to talk, to build relationships. And we're seeing the kingdom of God grow. Now, he doesn't have lots of things in his name. He is a cook. And he is somebody who's trying to, to proclaim Jesus through the work that he does. The second story is a, name, a lady by the name of Gigi Kine. And she's always smiling. But another lady who has very little to her name. She has a small little uh, wooden shack house on the edges of town. And um, she came to us and said, listen, I live in this community. Most of the people in our community are poor, and there's not a lot of health care in our area. So she wanted to open a small pharmacy, a pharmacy that would allow her to uh, provide for the needs in her community, children who are sick, other people who can't afford to go to the hospital. They can come to her, and they can get basic medical needs um, taken care of with medicine. And so she started this small shop. You can see it there behind her, a uh, little blurry, but there it is behind her, and uh, just a small little one-room shop. But she's able to help people in her community by providing medicine. She's able to actually even give out sometimes free medicine to people who cannot afford it. And she's been able to be a great light for Jesus in her community. She grew up Muslim and later became Christian. Um, and so she has been able to build lots of relationships in her community through her small business. And we were surprised. This was probably five or six week, weeks ago when we met with her before we came here. Um, she told me that actually they were planting a church in her house for non-believers because most of these people would never ever go to a church building in the official sense because most of them would never feel comfortable in a church building. Yet in her home that's right there, this is her shop and her, sh her house is right behind the shop, uh, they feel welcome to come into her home. So they come in her home, I think it's her brother or her uncle uh, leads a service there, they talk about Jesus in a way that's comfortable for them and their culture, and she is helping grow the kingdom of God, both through the work that she does and through this small church of, you know, maybe 20 people that meets in her home. 
And I think that's what the, what the mission of God looks like. It's us representing Jesus. It's us being ambassadors for Jesus wherever we are. As we go, we make disciples. So I just want to be a, this to be a challenge to you where you are right now. Uh, sometimes when the missionary comes to speak, um, the, the first thought is to think, well, I can't go and do what they do. I don't live in that country. And so we, we shut down. But the thought is actually all of you have something to do right now where you are, whether it be in your families, whether it be in your work, whether it be in the school that you go to, uh, wherever you find yourself, there is work to be done for the kingdom of God. You've all been given a talent. The challenge is to actually use it, to invest it, and to grow it, rather than to simply take it and to bury it in the ground for fear of losing it. So my challenge for you today is to think of one practical thing that you could do this week. What is one thing that you could do to take one of the gifts, one of the talents that God's given to you, whether it be your finances, your resources, your education, your experiences, but to use it to make a tangible difference this week in the kingdom of God? That's how God works. He works through a body of Christ that looks very different, that does many different things, a body of Christ that works through churches and schools, that works through, med- that works through hospitals that have been founded, that works through business schools. God works in incredible and very diverse and different ways. But you have to figure out what it is that God is calling you to do where you at, are at right now. Will you pray with me? God, in this room, I wonder um, what the different skills and talents are of the people here. There's probably some who are good at business, some who are great teachers, some who are wonderful listeners, um, some who are just great friends and can be an encouragement. Um, God, whatever the talent is, the ability that you've given each one of these people, I pray, God, that they would see it not merely as something that they use on Sunday morning, but that they would see it as something that they can use every single day of their life. That the kingdom of God would grow um, in their life and that they would be a part of what you're doing. Pray, God, that we would be people who uh, remember that you are the center of the story and we seek to join what you're doing. Help us to be humble and help us to um, remember, God, that we shouldn't bury what we've been given, but that we should invest it wisely. And in doing so, we bring you great glory and honor. And so it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.